0: Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you round the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier.
1: Hello and welcome to the First and Fifteen podcast, Southern Region coverage. My name is Jay Ballamy and I'm joined by our regular panellists, Lewis Phillips. Hello there. Gareth Price. Hello. Ryan Homelone Alone at Hello. And we have a special guest today. so welcome to Brian Tabor. There goes. So Brian, just before we kick off the show because I know what we're what we're planning to do today is uh, react to some of the scores from the weekend. Uh, let's hear about a little bit about you because I believe you're our first member we've heard from from the London Flash.
2: Yeah, so um, my rookie season, first time playing BAFA, uh, obviously. Uh, not from around these parts, uh, relocated to London about three years ago and just found the, the Flash team uh, probably, I guess it was toward the end end of last year, maybe around uh, July-ish, August, started playing with them and um, started out playing receiver and then decided to, to give uh, quarterback a try and they had me play for the team in a tournament in Reading and uh, did pretty well and really enjoyed it and just kind of fought for the position and earned the uh, starting qb and uh, team captain position for this season so i'm pretty excited about it oh, very
1: cool and uh, we're reliably informed then that your teammates consider you the uh, the wish.com version of uh, tom brady
2: <laughs> yeah that's the, the the joke on the team is that uh, because we're of a similar age and my initials are bt and i, I wear his number that uh, yeah, the, uh, they couldn't afford TB12, so they got BT12. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic.
1: And then obviously, so we, we, we clearly in that first week didn't really know a lot about the Flash. We didn't know what squad was going to be coming. So uh, just by way of introduction, you probably didn't hear our podcast from last year introducing the teams. What can you tell us about the London Flash as a squad?
3: Yeah, I
2: mean, we've got a really good squad this season. I think, you know, the the success of the parent team, the Smoke, has drawn a lot of people to want to kind of train with them, see what they're all about, and uh, develop a really solid, you know, we, we don't really consider ourselves a B team. Uh, at this point, we've got a team that we think is strong enough to to compete, uh, you know, certainly at the highest level within Division One and potentially – uh, even beyond that, uh, and that, thats our goal. You know, we—we've got guys that previously played on Smoke that are now playing on Flash, um, and we've just had guys from other teams that kind of wanted to train train with the Smoke, and they've got so many solid regular players that are returning. There's only so many spaces, so those teams have kind of gotten absorbed into the, the Flash squad, and uh, then the you know guys like me that came out of the woodwork, and and uh, you know, just really gel well. We got a good group of guys. Everyone shows up every you know, training session and works hard on, on you know, what they need to do to, to get better. And they you know, are constantly evolving and, and gelling as a team. And um, it's going, going really, really well.
4: Do you guys um, like train alongside the spoke? Do you all train together as one team?
2: Yeah, we, we do. I mean, we, we, we at this point you know, uh, we have the two squads selected so we try and keep you know smoke with smoke and flash with flash, and then we scrimmage against each other. That was my um, next
4: question. How how does that generally tend to go? Are they are they quite close contests those scrimmages?
2: Yeah, I mean smoke definitely comes out on top uh, as as they should, <laughs> um, but uh, it's competitive, you know. And, and there's things that we we learn from each other. I think, and that that's the the, the you know, positive thing that we have is training alongside those guys. If you Train with guys that are the same level, you don't get better. You train with guys that are better than you, you improve a lot. I mean, just my, my background. Actually, my sport was ice hockey, and when I, w- I was a goaltender, and the way that I got better was I trained with not only my team but the team above me, and that just helped me to get better, you faster, and, and jump up the rankings. So Where I played all the way in college division one uh, for University of Denver, so it's kind of like the same thing here in that you know we've got. Guys that are we're training against ourselves, but then when we cross over a little bit and we take some scrimmaging with the smoke team, you know, we learn some things from that they do, and there's certain things that that team does that do, we're not there yet. But there are things from their their you know style of play that we can implement into our, our playbook or or into just you know our style of play that can, makes us better. We we've we've made massive improvements over the last couple months, and it's what I think. You know, kind of culminated in that that first uh, first game day. Yeah, absolutely, and um, I'm sure some
1: of us will be uh, foot in mouth about some of our predictions. But <laughs> let's let's <laughs> let's come on to that. Um, speaking of which, so we'll start with the southeast as we did last week, um, and I'll try and go in vaguely the same order, lads. Although I, League Republic doesn't always help you out in that regard. So, first game I've got on my list is the Buckinghamshire Wolves and Berkshire Renegades. Uh, which I I go and try and find. It was a forty-four nil win to the Buckinghamshire Wolves. Uh, Home and Brian, I'll come to you as you guys were there.
0: So we were both actually playing. Um, I right, guess, yeah, yes. so. yeah. <laughs> and useful, useful. Uh, That's I a hot that start for the one. show, guys. <laughs> Talk about There, but um, I think the Renegades did bring a very um young squad by, compared to what we've seen before in the past. They had a couple of their under seventeen flag players step in and play. So. I think it was probably a bit of too much of a step up for them to come in um, in that yeah. game. Um, I was told off by the Wolves it, during the game um, for maybe underselling them in the preseason show. So I, I did say, give a standout victory and we'll um, see. So they definitely come and prove me wrong in that. Um, and I'll have to give them a lot of credit for that win. So
3: I had, I had a little look at this one. Um, I was on the sideline at the time. Oh, of and course you
1: are, was... Gareth. Apologies, I that's, forgot you. you right. you've, you've, you've wandered down,
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, this, this was a very controlled performance by Bucks Wolves. They at no point looked like they were going to lose, and at no point looked like they were going to concede. Um, it was very, very straightforward for them. I think Berkshire have lost quite a few players from last year, um, and they performed much better in a later game against the Sharks, but. But Bucks-Wolves looked very, very good. Um, and this was just straightforward. They didn't have to come out of second gear. Right, OK, fair
1: enough. Pretty standard uh, standard win then for the Wolves. Uh, I had the result right, but the score wrong. Guys, what did you guys have? Can't remember what everybody predicted.
3: Everybody predicted a Bucks-Wolves win. Uh, nobody had the score correct. Closest was probably Lewis. 36.
4: 32-6, I think I heard, yeah. Um,
1: fantastic gareth you've uh, self-nominated yourself as the scorekeeper there
3: so
4: that's, good. 20, you. so that's fine
3: fantastic
1: well look you know i'm not going to hold back and we're going to come on to probably the most contested game of the day in terms of the people on this show uh <laughs> london flash versus reading devils then um i've got the score here is 21-6 who wants to go first
2: um, I'll, I guess I could, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great game the, you know, the, the, their, their squad is really, really solid and we saw them warming up. And, um, to be honest, it was, it was a little bit, uh, worrisome just seeing how, how young a squad and fit squad and they're very organized. So I think, um, you know, we, we knew that they were a, a favorite and, um, especially with one of our, our current players, you know, played with them last season, Chris uh, and Jacobs. And um, he, he kind of gave us a little bit of, of, of a uh, breakdown as to what to anticipate, which helped a little bit um, on our side, of course. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're a really competitive team, quick, fast, um, well-organized. And um, it, was, it was, we honestly, we got done playing the game and, and we, we wanted to just run it back. We had so much fun playing.
0: Yeah, I'll echo that. Um... As well, I think you guys are very sound. Um, fundamentally, there's nothing wrong. It's really difficult for us to actually break down your defense. Um, we did have opportunities we missed on the day, but based on the play on that
2: game, I, I think Flashford deserved winners. Yeah, I and mean, our our defense was definitely the, you know the MVP in that game. I thought you know they, there's that one one time when uh, they had a really big play uh, that got them a first down. It was like first and goal from the five or so. And our defense was able to get a stop, and that that was a huge momentum, you know, uh, shifter for toward our, our side. I think, you know, seeing them go out and put out that effort, uh, we we figured, you know, they put in that effort, we got to reward them with, you know, taking the ball down the field and getting a score. Um, but yeah, it was just it was a really really good game. Can can say, you know, again, we're we're that's one I'm looking forward to playing again for sure. It's good
1: to hear. And, and home alone, you've avoided the... Uh, but I, I mean, I'm going to point it out. You've avoided the reach for the excuse of the, the quarterback uh, situation. Do you want to clarify for everybody which
0: quarterback you were down to? So we were down to quarterback three uh, in the depth chart for this game. But like I said, I, I think that London Flash came and they gave us a great game. Um, didn't have much going on o at times and that was really credit to them for taking flags so well and kind of taking what we had wanted to run away. So they definitely did a really good job. Obviously, it didn't help being down to call back three, but you got to do with what you've got, really, on the game day. Yeah, absolutely. So, Gareth, enlighten us. Who had it right?
1: Who had it wrong?
3: Um, everybody had it wrong. Right, um, OK. Everybody <laughs> had a devil's win. Um, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this rematch. It's going to be much tougher for the Flash when uh, when Reading have their, their full team out there. Um, I would expect a, a much, well, a very, very close game. This was a close game. There was a, a couple of penalties that I think allowed the Flash to get further up the pitch than they might have and, and get that final score to stretch it to, to two scores ahead. But they were well deserving of the win on the day. It's going to be a cracking rematch. Could could be the uh, the game that decides the division. So, looking forward to that. But as prediction goes, we all suck. <laughs>
4: I, think, I think this is this this certainly popped off the page for me when I was looking at the results from the weekend. I was very surprised um, that the Devils dropped this one. Obviously, not no, not knowing an awful lot about the Flash, um, also didn't know they were down to QB three. But um, this, I think, I will is one that I will look back on and will inform a lot more of my uh, predictions for the Flash.
2: I think for sure. and we're, we were aware that they didn't have their starting QB either so we you know we're we're happy that we got the victory that makes us even more excited about you know the rematch too because you know hopefully it's a match where we have all of our best there and we have a proper contest so I think that will be a really really good game
1: yeah for sure it's definitely one to circle in the calendar um but yeah we'll uh, we'll certainly league. take, take that, that, that back around absolutely. I think it will be game of the week when it rolls back around. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely going to shift some of our thoughts and definitely a massive statement win there for the London Flash. Cool. I shall move it on. And and Gareth, you'll enlighten me in the next fixture, I'm sure. So Chichester Sharks B versus Berkshire Renegades. I have it 28-24.
3: Yeah, Um, this this was a good game. Um, Renegades, I think, as I said earlier, a little bit weakened in terms of personnel than they were last year. Chichester we had um, six players available at the start of the day thankfully our our quarterback Josh made himself available at about eight in the morning um, so that was handy um, and we took a, a decent lead into the half uh, Berkshire came back in the in the second half I thought from Berkshire's standpoint Dan Lewenden, who was there, their tool center had a really good second half really good downfield threat for them Um, and for us it was a case of uh, Josh in his in his first ever baffer game at quarterback he he found two of our receivers with with good consistency in in Dan and Scott and uh, didn't really feel at any point that that we were going to lose this one but uh, had to had to resist that late fight back from the Renegades and it was a a good close game
0: Brilliant. Okay. Uh, Brian, Home Alone, did you guys catch any of this action? Uh, no, I was head refing the, um, the Flash game, so we did miss it. I think we caught it at the end. Um, the Renegades definitely did come back into the game really well. Um, I think they were helped by a turnover or two to kind of get back into it um, score-wise. Um, but it definitely did seem like the Sharks were in control, and we did sort of pop over at the end.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. We were playing against Waverly, I think, during that one.
1: Cool. Okay, and then Gareth, how do we do in terms of predicting?
3: Uh, everybody got it right that the Sharks would win. I think Home Alone was probably the closest, 28-19. Wow. Pretty, okay. pretty spot
1: on. That's pretty close, yeah. No fair play. i take that. <laughs> it was that like little voice break there. You know <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, the true Macaulay
0: Culkin child is coming out. <laughs> Look, your, ball, your balls will drop one day, I'm
1: sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, London Flash versus Waveney Wolves. Uh, Brian, I'm going to come to you on this one. So fifty-five-six. Yeah. Tell me about it.
2: <laughs> uh, it was obviously a one-sided contest. You know, they they these guys have a lot of heart. You know, they came out with a a pretty light squad. I think they only had maybe seven on the day um and very obviously new team and they're just giving it their best and and we we got up fairly quickly by i don't know how many maybe 40 or so and i, I we we kind of took our foot off the gas for a bit to because i i to be honest i didn't understand the importance of running up the score in this league. And so we, we all just kind of said, all right, let's just work on some fundamentals. We had some guys come in that didn't play um, specific positions before, you know, defenders came in on offense and vice versa. And, and uh, it cost us in both what we did offensively and, and, you know, we gave up a touchdown we probably shouldn't have. Um, so the good side of it for, from a flash perspective is that game taught us a lesson when we saw that, you know, the Devils went up and put, you know, 82 or something on them that, you know, that you can't have mercy in this league, uh, especially not knowing how things are going to shake down when it comes to the end of the playoffs. But uh, as far as, you know, the, the Wolves did, you know, again, a lot of heart. There, there's a guy, I think he was number 86, just super fast. So kudos to that guy. He actually took it, stopped over and, and gave him some props after the game, you know, uh, individually because he did a really good job. I think you know, he was – he actually got a sack on me, which I think only had one or two all day. He was really quick. So yeah, good team. I mean, they're 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 gonna have a long season. A tough, tough start, tough draw for their first games. You know, take, taking on both us and the Devils. But um, yeah, I think there's a lot a lot of room for improvement there.
1: Yeah, it's certainly uh, it's certainly a, a, a welcome to the welcome to the NFL as say. Then welcome to the baffle League <laughs> is the equivalent there, isn't it? If you play those two teams, and it's good to hear that they've got a lot of uh, a spirit about them. But you're right, fifty-five to six is very one-sided.
4: But uh, on Garrett. the other hand, I oh, think sorry, just... uh, I think myself not included. But you certainly, Jay, I think predicted um, Wave need to go scoreless on the day. So I did, uh, I did. So Flash, you let me down there.
2: That, 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 was, <laughs> that was our fault for, for mucking about, you know. And it's it's hard, you know. It, it's when you bring like when we played that squad a game in Reading forever ago. You know, we only showed up with, with six guys or seven guys on that day. So it was easy for guys to get some reps both on offense and, and defense. Yeah. You know, we've, we've got guys that are on defense that want to play offense. So, you know, I told them before the game, I said, look, the best chance for you to have a chance to get on the other side of the ball is, you know, do a great job on the defensive side and let us get a lead and we'll, we'll get you in. And, you know, so we did that and it, and it ultimately cost us in our, you know, point differential.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm kidding about the the sort of the six points given up. I I don't ever want to see a team um, not score a point over a weekend because we we do all work hard at this sport, don't we? And uh... Yeah, to to go all that way and not score would be a bit demoralising. But yeah, as a, a, indeed as you pointed out, Lewis, my uh, my bold prediction failed massively. <laughs> small,
4: small small victories, wave Knee, You made Jay look like a chump. So
1: yeah, and, and many have <laughs> many have enjoyed that over the years, and many will <laughs> many will in the future. Um, but you are just one on a, a long list there. But enjoy it whilst it lasts. Fantastic, uh, Gareth. How do we do in terms of predictions?
3: Um. Everybody got this right. Um, I think closest was probably UJ Jay, with, with 30 to zip.
0: Cool. Okay. There so you go. Not, it's small...
3: not all that close. But... <laughs> no, no. It's, it's
1: a small <laughs> victory for me. Not really. Cool. Okay. Barkshire. Oh, sorry. Not Barkshire. Buckinghamshire Wolves versus Chichester Sharks B. Uh, 34-0 is what I have in front of me. Gareth.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think... I think, realistically, if this had been high 20s to zero, that would have been a, probably a fairer reflection of it. They were they were awesome on defence. We couldn't do anything against them. Um, such a well-organised D. I, I assume Callum Dean has had something to do with that. But uh, they also had a, a guy called... I, I, I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of this, but I think it's nearby Panu, um, who I haven't seen play before. Very, very good defensive back and in fairness to them there wasn't really a weakness on that defense um on offense they were they were good um Tyler and uh Jack are both excellent players and Aaron runs things very well from quarterback i think we did a pretty good job of slowing them down which is why i think the the 34 is a bit um bit high we we had three picks and i think it was a pick six on their part that took the took it over 30 um but I'm going to be really interested to see this, this Bucks-Wolves team um, when they play, uh, you know, Reading and, uh, and The Flash because they are probably the, the best Wolves team I've seen to date. And I don't know whether that's because it was sort of their home game, but they were, they were very impressive. Uh, I mean, they didn't concede a point all day. So good start for them.
1: Absolutely, they've definitely definitely put out a few statement wins there with the games that they've yeah. uh, they've had, haven't they? You know, you can't do anything on defense other than not let the other team score any points. Absolutely. So um, they've maximised yeah. there.
4: I think uh, I think some of us in that preseason prediction show we did uh, kind of gave gave this division to the Devils uh, before we'd even kicked off a game, and uh, for the sounds of it, Wolves and and the Flash both kind of taking that a bit personally and want to get involved in the conversation so this is actually shaping that top three now is is shaping up to be a really interesting uh couple of games
2: you, you guys helped to motivate my team so the, that prediction show was fantastic because you know especially for for someone like myself and, and most of the guys on our team we, we know nothing about any teams in the league we didn't you know if we didn't have that prediction show we wouldn't have known anything that we were, you know, have any idea what we we're getting into really, except for, you know, Chris telling us about the devils. But yeah, you know, when, when, that you were all saying it was gonna be 40, 40 to nothing or so, I used that to motivate my team and said, basically, if you, you know, if you're not uh, fired up by that, don't show up to the game day. And yeah, it helped, but. Uh, but so yeah, what that's
4: it's... what that's done now, though, is like I say, we get, we kind of gave this division to the Devils already at the beginning, and you've come up with a statement twenty one six win over our favourites. That 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 puts a that that puts you firmly in the driver's seat, and um, you know you're gonna you're not gonna get those uh, motivation moments anymore. I don't think not quite I'll, so easily. I'll, and I'll
3: give you a motivation moment. I'm still giving this division to the Devils. There's there one. You go. David. I like David. it. it's
0: just like making my life just infinitely <laughs> times harder. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not ready to give up on that prediction yet.
1: It's a long season. Game day one is only uh, only a few fixtures, right? But
4: uh... I, I've said a couple of times throughout this these last couple of shows that I wasn't sure about the flash and how much they get from the smoke and how how close they are. Buckinghamshire Wolves, I put way out there. So. I see you, Bucket of shit. You are in the conversation. Yeah.
2: They look good. I mean, from what I saw, you know, because I didn't, obviously didn't watch while I was playing, but you know, I watched the, most of the third game um, when they they played, and they looked really good. Their defense is absolutely solid. They've got talent on that squad. Uh, definitely, there were some guys I re- recognized from the Reading tournament I played that they were in, um, but a lot of faces I didn't recall. And overall, they, they definitely look like a very well-oiled machine, fired up, enthusiastic, and they're there, they're there to play and win. So they're they are definitely no, nothing to uh, scoff at. Yeah,
1: with the amount of motivation we're giving out, lads, I think we probably could do some after-dinner speaking. <laughs> yeah.
2: um, maybe, yeah, just, anyway. maybe just flip it, you know, take the team that you think is going to win and be like, yeah, you know, they're, they're going to be just fine, no, no big deal, or, or, or flip it around so the other team, uh, you know, you look better and the other team doesn't get so motivated. Yeah,
1: but then, Brian. then then Brian, we'd look like we really had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> you imply we do know what we're doing. Wow, indeed, yeah, and that sort of that sort of brings me on to uh, Gareth. That uh, how accurate were we with that game?
3: Um, we all, I think, had Bucks Wolves. Oh no, sorry, Jay, you had the Sharks be winning. I did. So I you did. you were very wrong. I was very um, wrong. Closest probably Lewis with his twenty seven twelve prediction. Not really that close at all. Not that close. Closest. As I say,
1: Brian, we we were trying to look like we knew what we were doing. Um, The Reading Devils then versus Waveney Wolves. Home alone 82-0. I I genuinely don't actually think I've ever seen a scoreline
0: so aggressive as that. Um, Did you get get bored by any chance? Um, I've got to give a massive shout-out to the defence for this one. They went... Absolutely wild in the second half of that game. Um, I think we had three pick sixes on the day and countless other interceptions that dropped us in on the five. I think we were only about 30 35 nil up at the half um, and after that they just cranked it into whole new gear and really clamped down on everything Waveney had. Um, it's a very youth style of playbook that they're running with both on offense and defense so this is all kind of stuff we'd seen before and we're able to very much pick apart so yeah it, it was as dominant as the scoreline suggests so
4: i think when we were predicting this game i used the phrase this game could get embarrassing
1: <laughs> and you think it did
4: yeah a little bit all
1: oh, right okay yeah no 82 eight, to uh, yeah i'm sure there are more uh, worse i think I've only, I've only seen
4: i think i've only seen two scores worse than that In recent memory, and that is, uh, yeah, the Sharks doing it to the Falcons last year. I can't remember what it was exactly, in the 80s, wasn't it? It was, um, and (laughs) I think a couple of years ago, Swansea sorry, Swansea, for bringing this up, um, lost to Merthyr Tidville, 90 something to nil.
3: I remember, I remember Hornets 100, Paisley zero. I think that was the last one I've ever seen.
4: Oh, there wow. you go. That takes the takes. The... Hopefully, that makes you feel a little bit better, Swansea. You don't. You definitely don't have the record for the biggest uh, biggest loss.
1: But just let me talk to Waveney, you know, very intimately now and listen to my subtle tones. Uh, you have to remember Swansea and, and Exeter. They're two teams that were just mentioned as being absolutely smacked by the teams, and now fighting for the top of uh, their respective division. So there is a journey to go on. But
0: um, yeah, this is a this is a hard day, but it will get better. Just keep fighting the good fight. The one thing we did discover is that Waveney have a um, doppelganger of UJ.
1: No way! That they do. Is, so. is he also a bit of a knob? No, he seems very nice, to be fair. Much no, does right, he you. can't be a doppelganger of me. The, uh, he, nice twin.
4: Yeah. Does he Does he throw himself around on the floor? No, I bet he plays by the rules. I play by the rules, Lewis. It's
1: just if people are going to run into me, I'll fall over. Just... <laughs> <laughs> No, very good, very good. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Oh, hold on, Gareth. Did we all get that right?
3: Everybody got that right. You were the closest at 56 nothing.
4: Oh, very mine nice. was 55 nothing. That's well, not enough.
1: Of... It's not. You know, <laughs> <laughs> maths, maths, Mr. Phillips. Uh, last game from oh, the point. east, then uh, Waveney Wolves versus Chichester Sharks B. Uh, 25 to 34 to the Sharks, Gareth.
3: Yeah, so I'll talk very briefly about the Sharks because I want to talk more about Waveney in this one. Um, Josh had a great game at quarterback through five touchdowns. Uh, Jonathan Lupton was probably our our star player, making his his 50th baffer appearance. He got two touchdowns and a sack. Um, But props to Waveney. I mean, you have that baptism of fire where you lose by two massive scores. And then you come into the last game and this this was a game that I was scared the Sharks were going to lose at points. Um, we've mentioned, I think Brian alluded to, uh, Alistair Munro, number 86. Great yeah. speed, great elusiveness. Um, their wide receivers, I think, had an average age of probably about 17. Um, our yeah, they're, defensive, they're They're a young bunch. Um, and our defensive backs probably mid to late thirties after three games, bit of a mismatch against young Alistair there, um, caused us all sorts of problems. Um, in fact, all, all of the wide receivers on, on Waveney played extremely well. The, the two quarterbacks I think were, were the coaches and uh, sensible tactics to, to break apart a, a tiring defense. Um, and, yeah, it, was, it was, went right down to the wire, this one. We only pulled away in sort of the last five minutes. Um, but to come and do that after two painful losses, it, it speaks to the, the resilience of that, that Waveney team. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they, were, they did everything in such good humour throughout the entire day. So um, massive fans of, of Waveney now.
2: Yeah, like like I said, lots lots of heart from them. They they take they on a chin. They never they never quit. And after going through that day, it was very impressive and and good to see. You know that's great for the competition, and to see that you know, a young team come in and and uh, potential with with eighty six and with uh, I think it was fourteen was a tall skinny receiver. Yeah, very yeah, good. He, as well. he was very good as well. So there's there's a lot of lot of potential uh, from that team. They got good things to come for sure
3: there's certainly going to cause that there are a few older teams they're going to see in the cross conference games. And, uh, I tell you this, I, w- I wouldn't want to go up against them in the third game when they're all still fresh youngsters and you're not.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, it's not fun. You know, run trying to run away from kids that are literally half my age. So I, I understand. No, it's
1: always good to hear in terms of the, uh, the spirit being shown there. And good that they gave you, they had a more competitive game as well in their final fixture. So, um, so Gareth, how do we do overall with our predictions?
3: Um, Everybody got that one, right? Um, Closest was uh, probably home alone. 30 to 21.
1: Okay. Not too bad. Not too bad. Brilliant. Well, uh, that finishes our southeast section. We'll do the division tables at the end, shall we? And make it a nice little wrap up um but i think brian you're probably going to leave us there so we'll take a pause whilst uh, whilst we say goodbye
2: all right cool hey, thanks for having me on guys really appreciate looking forward to you know, seeing you more on the field cheers brian look
1: forward
2: to cheers, meeting brian. you
1: more. thanks brian cheers guys take care cheers brian yeah. cool now uh, we'll look at the west side of the conference then so uh, let's start it off then with and lewis i'll come to you straight away cardiff bay coyotes versus exeter falcons I have this as, let me find it on my sheet, uh, thirteen twenty to the Falcons.
4: Yeah, so um, this was a, a, a reasonably, a, well, a closer game on paper, I think, than what the um, than, than what it actually was on the field. Um, so we actually went into um, into a three score lead quite early on, uh, and then I started rotating people. Uh, And that's where Cardiff started to, started to creep back in. Um, But uh, otherwise it was pretty, it was a nice game to start the day with. And I was, uh, I I was grateful for that at least. Um, I didn't, I never actually felt like we were in any danger of, uh, of, of losing this game, but it gave us an opportunity to sort of, um, you know, get, work the kinks out and, blow off any cobwebs
1: yeah and apologies because i was playing at the time um but did cardiff have an opportunity to win that game in the sense if they had the ball at 2013 or was it a case of it was 20 to 6 or 20 to 7 and then they scored
4: uh, i think we f- we finished the game with the ball in our possession um right. it was yeah I, I did a couple of run plays and then looked over at the clock and kind of said do i have to run another play no okay well that's the game then <laughs>
1: Fair enough. All right, cool, Gareth. How do we do on that one?
4: Uh, everybody got it right. Um,
3: I think I was the closest at twenty four fourteen. Yeah, not fast.
1: Still waiting on our first uh, first prediction that gets it bang on. Then yeah. Um, so second game of the day playing at the same time. So Salisbury City Marauders versus Caenham Kings. I'll just quickly scroll down to where I have the score. So. 12 to 54 to the Kings. Um, I guess I should probably talk about this, shouldn't I? Um, yeah. Salisbury brought five players. I think the sixth one turned up mid game and started blitzing me. Didn't blitz the whole game. Um, so all the time in the world, just to throw the ball about really pretty good value for, for only five players turning up. And I'd say gave okay, is a good opportunity to rotate some people in. Um but other than that, you know, scoreline sort of talks to itself. We were quite comfortable and we and were able to share some reps around and, and Salisbury were good value for the 12 points they scored once we started
4: rotating. Um, so we talked a lot about in, in the prediction show, preview show, uh, about the kind of Marauders team that turned up. They could they could be competitive if any of their superstars were there. Would you say any of their studs turned up?
1: Yeah, and, and I sort of... Who was I talking to? I think it was probably probably Home Alone. And... Um, i was talking uh, when we played when we played salisbury in in southwest series uh, none of these so-called superstars were there um and i don't think i saw any of them that day either that's not hopefully doing any discredit to any of the people that played um but there wasn't anybody that particularly stood out on, on that field for me when i played them to answer that question lewis um I can't. I, I don't know who. I don't know who or what numbers we're we're talking about. If you know the numbers, I can I can tell
4: you. Uh, I can't remember the numbers. Harrison is the name that always comes to mind. He's Fair quite enough. a young, quite a young lad, very tall.
1: Fair enough. Well, there was nobody that was young and tall, so um, <laughs> that's all I can say on that really. I know, I know I know the safety did make one very good play on me when I I tried to uh, tried to force the ball to one of our newer players, Joe Birch, um, and he made a very good uh, pick the back of the end zone pretty much picking it up the floor so that was the, probably the play of the day from Salisbury there for me and Gareth how do we do in terms of predictions
3: uh, everybody got this right no one was particularly near but I think Lewis at 35 to 6 probably
4: got the closest it's a hollow victory <laughs> why is it hollow why is it hollow 35 6 is nowhere near what the scoreline was <laughs> <laughs> but I will take I will take closest fair enough uh
1: then so let's move back to pitch one then so we've got cardiff bay playing swansea let me find the results so we've got cardiff 12 swansea 20 i believe lewis i think uh, kings ref this and i feel like you were playing yeah. no you weren't playing at the same no, no, time no. you and i ref this together ah uh, okay uh, when you say you and
4: i i, I, I sat you were on the I think you're yeah. on the other pitch.
1: I was trying not to get sunburnt in the middle of March for uh, <laughs> the umpteenth time of my life. So, it was uh, a yeah. glorious. It was a glorious day in Cardiff. Yeah, it was lovely. Um, hence, I was taking shelter
4: on our on the King's New Bench. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, to be honest, this game I felt watching it uh, went almost identically to the way we played Cardiff um, in our game it felt very much as if um, Swansea were never really in any danger and they went up early. Um, uh, and But they kind of, to say that they never really got out of third gear, probably more of their own volition than, uh, you know, Cardiff sort of, or they're not needing to. I think if they, they like us, they made mistakes. They, were you know, blowing off a bit of rust and, and making sure that they got all their mistakes out in this first game. And I think they would probably agree that they're grateful that this first game um, was not against more difficult opposition. And that's about as diplomatic as I can put that.
1: Yeah, and I did catch the tail end of the game, to be honest. I did, I'd emerged from my shade, uh, <laughs> my shade bucket for that moment. Um, and I know Cardiff did have the ball on the final drive with about, I want to say thirty odd seconds left when they had it at halfway to try and win that game and I think um, I
4: think the yeah, keys were a kick, didn't he? Yeah, I think they they worked themselves into a position where unfortunately they had to try some Hail Mary kind of passes and Swansea kind of stayed in their prevent defence with um with three safeties back there and Tynan just kind of had to launch it up and pray. And um, he might have the strength to get it downfield, I think, the arm strength, but it, it never looks pretty. Um, and yeah, I think he threw up a, a bit of a wobbler uh, that got picked off.
1: Yeah, and that's, I think, I think that was the only player I caught from that. So, Gareth, I'll come straight to you and, uh, and ask us how we did.
3: Uh, well, we all, all got the result right. None of us were particularly close. Um, I had a no, nope, I wasn't close
1: either. None of us were close. <laughs> Fantastic. OK, we're doing well so far then in terms of predictions. It's almost a wonder as to why anybody actually listens to us.
4: Isn't
1: it? <laughs> <laughs> um, Gwent Gators then versus the Solent Red Storm. Uh, Gwent came out 53 to 6 winners for this. And, and as you say, Lewis, our attention for both of our teams was probably on the uh, on the Swansea Cardiff game due to the refing. Um, but from my sideline position, all I can really say on this is I heard a lot of shouting from Gwent um, as they sort of ran away with the uh, big, long scores. I know from a, a stats point of view, I think Matt Bork, I don't want to butcher his surname, had a pretty big day. Um, and QB, get his name right. Liam Giles had a big day as well. Um,
4: yeah, lots of um, lots of. Uh, picks, I think, defensively. I think, I think, right. Leggy, Chris Leg, uh, Bartlett Legg also had uh, quite a good day. Um, I remember looking over to that pitch a couple of times when I heard particularly loud cheers to see some defensive player or another returning something. Um, lots of turnovers and yeah, pretty. I, I, am like you. I think it's, I think it's Matt Bork. We'll get onto him when we talk about the Gators Falcons game. Very good at football
1: yeah he does come across as that sort of person but yeah talking about
4: touchdowns in a day
1: 12 is... touchdowns in a
4: yeah day. twice
3: twice as many as the next highest in the in the southern division one at the moment wow
1: but yeah just to touch on that um gwent defense we do know it's a stingy defense when it wants to be so um yeah i'm not surprised that they were running some back on that uh, in that particular game uh gareth how did we do
3: uh, everybody was right. Jay, you
1: were the closest at fifty-one zero. Brilliant. That's actually that's not too bad, actually, it's, considering it's how pretty close how far <laughs> off we've been otherwise. Um cool. Gwent Gators then and extra Falcons, Lewis. Let me just fly uh, my sheet. I'm sure you know the score already. Yeah, I knew I knew I, I knew the result. And check this, ladies and gentlemen. I uh, I've been playing for six years in, in flag football and I've never seen a tie in Baffer. Twenty-six 26 lewis would you like to break that down for us
4: well very frustrating game well i can the the short story is matt bork is very good at football and yeah run run rings around us a little bit at times um and was responsible for their um the the, the game or the 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 touchdown that put them ahead uh this ended with the falcons um scoring a touchdown to tie it and then failing to get the extra point which would have won it um didn't have to go for two this time so that's nice but we failed to get the one xp um i don't know i don't know whether matt was responsible for all of the touchdowns in this game um but he was certainly responsible for that crucial one uh where he's only yeah, i think he i think I think Liam was pushed out wide and it, they kind of turned it into, by, by Susie was doing the blitzing. Um, we didn't have Paddy on the day. He contracted COVID on Friday night. Um, so they ended up going to some kind of scramble drill. Uh, Matt came came had to come back to the line of scrimmage um, to get sort of open, caught a short dump-off pass and then made a couple of defenders miss on his way to the end zone, which put them uh, up 26-20. Um, yeah, he, he was, uh, no no disrespect to, to anybody else on the Gwent Gators, I have many friends in that organisation, lots of respect for them, but Matt Bork was 99% of their off-end, um, but Matt was far and away their MVP. Um, so this was, for us, very frustrating. We, again, jumped out to an early lead. Um, I, think we, I think we started with the ball and just quite nicely as I like to do you know trundle down the field taking I think I took seven, seven downs to score um, went first down through to fourth down and then scored on third down again uh, and then Ed got an interception uh, on second down on their first drive which put us in pretty close position um, right deep in their half uh, so we scored again went up two scores and I think at this point for me personally I was a bit more relaxed um, now I was thinking, okay, this is kind of going the way that the Cardiff game was, um, and and was going was going quite nicely, and then uh, and then the Gators came back with a score, uh, and then we stalled out, and then they scored again, and suddenly it was halftime and we were tied, or um, well, they might have been up by a point, I can't remember exactly, but you know it was two touchdowns each by halftime, um, and then the, just the same thing seemed to happen again uh, in the in the second half, um, we. I think we stopped them when well, we got the pick. I can't remember. They didn't score with their first their first drive of the second half. And then uh, we went methodically downfield again, stuck to the game plan um, and scored. We went up. Uh, and then, yeah, as I said, they came back with two scores on the trot then to go up 26-20. And it was up to us to uh, to bring it back. They did get one more um, one more drive after we'd scored. Um and we managed to hold them out. So the, there was no no comeback for them um, with their last... I think they had about a minute, 40 seconds, something like that, to, to score a touchdown um, and win the game. But we managed to hold them out. But I think, the, for me, the thing that dominated this game was the quality of refereeing was... I can't remember who was reffing it, but it was just atrocious. There was some... Like, on both sides, um, I'm not saying that we were robbed by the refs or anything. Like, I mean, our our final touchdown... I'm not convinced we should have scored. Um, I'm not not convinced that it it was in. Uh, But likewise, they, I mean, they gave it to us. But on the flip side, then they denied us the extra point. And the extra point was definitely in. I'm convinced of it. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. We probably shouldn't have had the touchdown, but we definitely should have had the extra point. So there are some really questionable calls in that game.
1: Yeah, and and I, I know I was playing at the same time. Um, so didn't see it but there was a there's a general sense of shock from both teams I think and uh, and the others that are around the fact that there was a tie in the game and it certainly makes for an interesting story in the in the table doesn't it when we come on to that later
4: yeah uh, this this one I, I hate a tie doesn't sit right with me well I can still pick against the falcons for the rest
3: of the season so... <laughs> 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 it's Not success for you
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah, I had to cancel my order with Nuola for uh, for a Gareth Price Falcons jersey.
1: So, Gareth, with that, how did we all do in terms of predictions? I presume nobody predicted a tie.
3: Nobody <laughs> predicted a tie. Everybody predicted a, an Exeter win by one score. Um, Jay, you only predicted them to win by a point. So, I guess, closest failure. Um, but I think Story th- of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also good for the division I'm I'm glad that the the Gators sort of reintroduced themselves as, as serious contenders for this division I think it makes it more exciting so good on them
1: yeah, and Gwent, and we all we all thought Gwent were a a good and competitive team for that title before we had this Matt Bork coming out twelve touchdown day. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's all Matt, but it, you know when you do have a star, it is easy to go to the guy. They, they, were def- they,
4: they were they definitely missing some other pieces around. There was I mean Dean Jackson wasn't there. and We spent a good amount of time talking about him in the in the preview show. Um, Lee White, who's their usual blitzer, wasn't there, and he is an absolute menace because he's just so tall um but i mean i mean the, the backup was andy gibney who as as uh as yeah, we it's not a bad backup before. is it not a bad backup at all but I... <laughs> let's move on to the next game then that was going on at pitch 2 which was
1: uh kings versus redstorm uh 55 12 uh, i i shall give a similar summary as i did against salisbury um depleted redstorm squad uh not blitzing at all Sat there and threw balls over their heads. Um, and had a run around for a bit as well to uh, to keep it light, keep it breezy. Uh, even managed to get Dylan Owens a touchdown in this Yay. one. Yay! Um, which we, I, I can't remember if he had one or two. He might have had two, actually, if anything. Um, so he was pretty pleased about that. Probably standout performance from Paul Camps as well from the Kings, um, who had a big day uh, with five touchdowns himself. So, yeah, good, solid performance from the Kings. And, and of course, we got rotation at the end. Um, it's always worth saying. I think the, the bloke's name is Wayne from Red Storm. Uh, did his trademark. Uh, I'm going to run the length of the field on everybody just at least once a game, and he absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if for those of you who are really versed in football history, will know the Matt Forte cutback um, from uh, from the Wembley game against the Bucks in 2007, where uh, two Bucks players headbutt each other. Uh, he managed to do that to uh, our new blitzer Alex and our corner Leah. Um, <laughs> which uh, I have to say, Leah wasn't too pleased about. So, um, yeah, credit to Wayne now, because he's, uh, he's done his normal trick of going the length of the field. But, yeah, pretty convincing win, 55 to 12.
4: With, worth mentioning at this point, I think, that um, the Solent Red Redstorm I think, were pretty ravaged with COVID. Uh, there, was a, there was a message going around that um, they, they may only have had actually four on the day, but then I think another late addition, I think there was another car with two people in it um managed it turned up but there was a rumor going around that they only had four on the day at one point um but uh so yeah i certainly and like no nick as well um nick co who's the you know the one who steers the ship i think the head guy so uh yeah put that as a caveat on all of these scores for solent
1: of course of course and i i had that same sort of um call off the dogs message as well as you did Lewis in terms of if they have to fall then let's, uh, let's you know take it a little bit easy so uh, we did take that into the game a little bit as well. Um, That's
0: a new leaf for you there Jay
1: <laughs> It's not my team anymore um, you know I'm, it's not my decision to make so uh, yeah, home alone knows me from a previous life unfortunately
0: a <laughs> now uh, more mature now then
1: is what it is? I'm so much more mature as you can tell um, I've grown up Anyway, Gareth,
2: how did we do? Uh,
3: We all got this right. I think I was the closest at 50 to 13. And obviously my prediction of I think they'll score twice. That's why I'm predicting 13 was (laughs) some solid commentary on flag football.
1: (laughs) Gareth, you seem so much more serious and dry today compared to your medded up self. Do you feel like uh, like a real human now?
3: I I do. I do. But maybe it's bad for the podcast. So, you know. (laughs) Just like, magi- this is the
1: maths. This is why I've done it. And this was correct. And yeah. like, M- not, not controversial.
3: Yeah. Send <laughs> so you a bottle
1: want. of Jack Daniels in the post just to get you ready. <laughs> Very good. No. Cool. So we all got it right then. Uh, let me move on then to Cardiff Bay Coyotes versus Canesham Kings. I think that's the next game. Yep. Uh, and let me find the score. So we had uh, Cardiff Bay 13 Kings thirty four and Lewis, you refed it, and I don't like talking about
4: myself, so crack on. <laughs> uh, oh God, let's try to remember this. Yeah, so you guys looked like this was another fairly comfortable uh, performance, I think, for for Kingsham. Um, fair play to to Cardiff uh, in a similar boat to as we were talking about Waveney earlier on. They are a team full of heart and they never quit um, and were very uh, excited um, by some of the, when they, when they managed to string a couple of plays together and put some, um, put some scores on the board. But I think Kingsham went up quite, quite comfortably, quite early. Um, and maybe those, maybe those Cardiff base scores started coming in when, uh, when Keinsham started rotating, but um, it, Towards the tail end of the second half, uh, it became quite evident that Cardiff were just kind of trying to look for something positive um, to take away from the game.
1: Yeah, I uh, I sort of share that sentiment. I know we had a big performance from Jake Johnson on defence in terms of uh, in terms of the scoreline. It puts in some really good positions, um, and thirteen points against the Cardiff offence is, I think, a pretty good result. I mean, looking across some of their other fixtures, it it, it was level with uh with what Swansea and Exeter achieved so um yeah pretty solid performance from us and the second half was probably a bit of a second gear job lots of uh you would be surprised to hear this listeners four hitches from me lots of four wow <laughs> um, where revolution I of before yeah uh, I, I, what was I, I i on saturday night i watched some flag uh some flag highlights from the from the world championships with one of our new players and uh, I showed him. I showed him the U.S. team running four hitches, and I just said to him, "I said, look, that is that is world championship level tactic right there. <laughs> um, so expect more. Expect more from me there. Um, but yeah, you know, Cardiff. Credit to them on the day. They gave it everything.
4: Um, there's there's but... certainly some improvement from what I saw um, at Southwest series. So that's good in For that sure. short space of time in between these two competitions. Cardiff have uh, have definitely shown improvement.
1: Absolutely. And there was good heart from the boys afterwards. I we went and had a chat with a few of them and they, and they were in good spirits about how they'd come on. And I think it's it's always tough to take when you lose a few games over a game day. Yeah, but and the, the, the performance was definitely better.
4: They had a baptism of fire playing Cainsham, Exeter and Swansea, who, again, this podcast has all discussed in contention for the top spot of this division. So that is no easy start to the season by any means uh, and look for them to certainly be a bit more in, in, in some more competitive games and winning some games uh, further down down as the season progresses.
3: Absolutely.
1: Cool. We'll, uh, we'll move over to then to the next game. So Swansea Hammerheads versus Salisbury City Marauders. Well, I've got,
3: I've got to stop you there for a moment, Jay, because we're, we're glossing over an achievement from one of our presenters.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: L- Lewis actually got this score completely right. Yes! Oh, sorry. However, I, I've... however now I've learnt that he was refing the game. I call foul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: This is some Vegas level interference.
3: Absolutely, he so wants to win the predictions <laughs>
4: that
3: he's, he's been the diabolical puppet master that we all uh, know. Today.
4: I don't think that there was that many fouls or penalties in this game. Was there uh, any contentious calls, Jay? it's always contentious when i when i play there Lewis. was there was i mean i was i was waiting for you to flop
1: <laughs> you're, you unfortunately unfortunately <laughs> Lewis, all you're doing here is creating a narrative which will only bite me in the ass later in the season
4: i don't know I, whether it's uh, whether it's out of you didn't need to flop or whether it's uh, more of a comment on um flow's discipline at oh, blitzing no.
1: flow by flow by by far is the most disciplined blitzer in the league. I can tell you that for a fact right yeah. now. She she will not run into me and and physically will walk up to me, stop right in front of me as I've released the ball and go, Okay, right, sorry if I almost hit you there. And she will she'll never touch me in the in the whole of the whole of the game. So um no, no opportunity to do so Lewis. Not that I attempt to, even though you're trying to create this narrative <laughs> That's all this I
3: podcast is—is just... is us creating nav- narratives. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's essentially just like a weird flag version of Love Island, isn't it? Like, it's like, you know, it's we're like... All just creating drama with each other.
3: It's like my alleged beef with Weston that you've just made
1: up. Well, look, <laughs> is... you and Matt Key seem to have this long-standing beef that you're you're bringing to air on the podcast. So uh, I thought I thought I'd just you know stoke the fire a little bit. Um, what what does Home Alone hate? We'll have to come up with something that Home Alone hates as well. Home Alone hates happiness and children. Something like that. You got one of them right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, listeners. Figure it out. Um, yeah, sorry, Kath. You're right. I did completely gloss over how well we did on that prediction. So yeah, Lewis, tampering Weed. aside, got it. Got it right. Yes. Um, how, how the How did the rest of us do?
3: Uh, everybody got the winner right, but uh, Lewis was the only one that was close and indeed perfect in this case. Shall we Ooh. give him?
1: Should we give him half a point or a point?
3: I was going to give him a full extra point, but now he know, Now I know he refed. It's got to be half a point. Half a point, fine. fine. We, can't, we can't have tampering, even suspected tampering. So that <laughs> uh, serves serve you right,
1: Liz. If, no. if you're going to predict the result right, don't ref the game.
4: Blaise, baseless suspicions.
0: I demand a full batter investigation into this one. <laughs> okay, we have to replay you, the fixture. I'll, uh, we'll,
4: we'll tell the competition manager, shall we? That's no, me. Not. For <laughs> anyone who doesn't know, <laughs> yeah.
1: half our listeners are like, oh yeah, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I need to move off the Kings game now. I'm bored of uh, bored of talking about us. Uh, Swansea versus Salisbury. So and yes, of course, uh, Lewis, we were playing at the same time as this game. So uh, probably little commentary to come out of this. Did you have anything from your uh, your teammates that were probably refing on
4: the other side? Uh, no, no idea. I'm afraid as to what was going on. I was too busy waiting for you to fall over
1: fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> and tampering with a scoreline of course so uh, <laughs> yeah. 39 to 12 to swansea hammerheads um yeah i did actually count. i caught the last play of this and, and ashes asked me not to mention it but i know uh, i know andrew cooper did something silly and that will leave it at that so um Damn. yeah convincing win from swansea and I, I, I would imagine they were pretty much in cruise control fair enough uh since we've got nothing to say on that then, Gareth, you're going to have to give us a, a performance update on our, on our predictions.
3: Yeah, everybody got the winner correct. Uh, Jay, you and I had it as being comfortably more than a score, so a win for us, I think. Fantastic.
1: fantastic, And we didn't tamper with it. So no. I, um... yeah.
3: Admittedly, neither of us were all that close, but we were closer than the other two.
1: <laughs> cool. Uh, Exeter Falcons versus Swansea. Hammerheads then. Uh, the score i have in front of me is 20 to 13 and lewis i went home so you were fully in control <laughs> now of uh of yeah, this is an absolute shambles from the west i'm really sorry for the lack of uh, lack of detail courage on some of these games but i was engrossed with what else was going on in my life so, i mean uh, you
4: well you had to get out of the sun right Otherwise i did you were just basically gonna... you know like
1: charmander
4: and his, his
1: fire goes out and then he dies well for me it's the other way around if i have too much sun i actually die <laughs> um and, and three hours of sun was uh, was enough for me and I, I had to go and hide in the shade <laughs>
4: uh, I think this game lived up to how it was built um it was a very tense and close game and nobody I think I, I don't think we were ever down at any point um but I we certainly never felt safe um we we made a what I think is probably... Um, the, the, a genius decision uh, I say we I'll give the full credit to Ed um, our defensive captain um, to make the switch at Blitzer we took uh, took Susie out of Blitzer and we put in our 6 foot 4 Paul um, in at Blitzer to go running up with his hands in the air against a 5 foot I'm not sure how much Ash Lewis but it's not much um, 5 foot
1: 11 I think is what you're saying officially <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: uh but yeah ash certainly isn't the tallest of quarterbacks so we just thought we would throw our our tallest guy at him with his with his long arms in the air and and see if it uh see if it could cause him any trouble and it did he uh, he certainly struggled to um get the ball over the middle uh, and i think paul kind of hassled him all all game uh which kind of took a, a particular element out of their offense that um that we were able to then uh you know use that as a foundation to work on so it and, and ash perfectly um you kind of admitted at the end was was very open about it he was just like i didn't like that please please don't do that again paul's very tall and i couldn't do anything over the middle um but you know they, they still strung some strung some uh some plays together and like i say they they made it difficult for us we never felt comfortable and um and, and had to got a couple of interceptions i think i got Picked off in the end zone by Matt Isles. Um, that was, and I've you know watched the tape back on it. I think it was on our first drive. It's just a very tense start because they picked us off, and I think we stopped them on fourth down, and then it it was nil nil for quite a long time. Um, but they've they've done their homework on us, that's for sure. Because um, there was yeah, there was a couple of our plays that they were like they like to do this in this situation and they knew what was coming. So they'd certainly done their homework on us. But um, yeah, close game, tense, really enjoyed playing it. Um, and yeah, they, uh, I think it lived up to its to its billing as the possible game of the week.
1: And certainly a good statement. I've, I've overused this phrase in this podcast, unfortunately, with uh, with Brian joining us in the flash, but certainly a good <laughs> statement win for the Falcons as well. You know, Swansea are a very, very good team playing at a very good and high level in terms of division 1 football yeah. and to get that win under your belt despite the gwent loss puts you in a really really strong position going uh, into gwent, week
4: 2. I gwent tie. Gwent gwent tie. Yeah. gwent tie.
0: Yeah,
1: sorry, great tie. <laughs> my bad. Sorry. It,
4: yeah, gwent it, tie. It feels it feels like a loss to me personally, but I know
1: and, and weirdly I've got the score sat in front of me and I knew it was a tie and I thought I'd said tie, but we all <laughs> feel like it's a lot everybody feels like they lose when they when you get a tie yeah. there so I've uh, I've freudianly said tie there and lost. So, so uh, I don't know. I
4: don't know about. I don't know about a statement win, but it was certainly a, a relief to to come away and go. Okay, we've we've got a leg up on Swansea now, and that is a you know it's it's advantage Exeter in in that respect. But uh, yeah, you definitely not. You know, next the next game that's circled on the calendar is Swansea again. Uh, you know, cause you can't can't sleep on them. Um, okay. we'll Absolutely have to enough. try and come up they'll, I'm sure they'll come up with a way to, to you know, a, adapt to what we did to them in the first game so we can't just, it's not going to be a rinse and repeat, You know, we're going to have to figure out what, what our next uh, genius bit of um, adaption, adaptation is going to be
3: So Gareth, how
4: did we do?
3: Uh, well this was the one that, that split the hosts um, you and I, Jay, got this wrong, we predicted the Hammerheads win uh, Lewis and Home Alone both got it right. Um, probably Home Alone was the closest at twenty
1: six twenty one. Gareth, was this where you gave your rousing speech to the Falcons on this fixture?
3: It was. It
1: was. And Lewis, do we think that had an effect?
4: Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I. I I'm not sure. Um, I don't know whether any of the Falcons listen to the podcast. <laughs> Fantastic.
1: Well, it's glad. You know, it's glad I'm to not, know not that I'm sure using my Tuesday. You
4: wisely <laughs> uh, no they, I mean to be honest they're all they're all pretty good at um, not letting any any outside chatter uh, affect them um, try harder <laughs> <laughs> you know we were all we were all pretty we, we knew we were we were in for a tough game and and we were all pretty locked in and focused and um, and just yeah didn't didn't have a chance to switch switch off ever at all um yeah, not not a comfortable game. <laughs> not one I wanna go through again anytime soon.
1: Gareth, maybe you need an equivalent just a challenge for Falcons, maybe a
3: Falcons folly or a Falcons flutter. <laughs> I think I might just have I might just make one big call every week where I have a bit of a rant and, and it's to try and convince the team I've said is gonna lose to really pick up their game for that one fixture.
1: I can sort of I can sort of picture you at home, you know pre pre fixture just doing three or four shots of this jack daniels i've sent you <laughs> and then really really laying into whatever team it is yeah um yeah sort, sort of Again, full
4: though, of... another another caveat to put on on this game is uh because i would meant i just because i mentioned it in the predictions um show in the preview show uh swansea were unfortunately without two key members of of their team so there was no harley and there was no alex thomas um, they do give me nightmares a little bit, and and I, I was concerned about how we were going to handle an offense that was, you know, run by Ash Lewis, that had Andy Cooper, Alex Thomas, and uh, Harley Labbert, uh coming at us. But um, graciously, uh, we ended up not having to deal with that. And uh, as we always say, in
1: flag availability is the best ability.
4: That so, is 100
1: uh, percent true. You can only you can only play what's in front of you. And uh, speaking of which, we will move on to our final game then of commentary. So, Salisbury City Marauders versus Gwent Gators. And, and Lewis, I, I will look to you as if you might know something because you were still there. Uh, <laughs> I have a small, I have a small amount of commentary to give, but it'll be very short. Otherwise,
4: no, we, we were we were all in on um, on our game, so we didn't no idea what was what was going on over there again if I happen to be on the sideline and occasionally there may have been some pretty loud cheers from the other side and looking at the score line, Gwent 47, Salisbury 18, uh, looks like it was fairly comfortable for the Gators.
1: Yeah. And I just to tag on that. I would imagine this was an opportunity for, uh, for Liam and, uh, and for Matt to, uh, to work on there. um, relationship and, and, and yeah. get to that 12 touchdown milestone so uh, yeah convincing win for for gwent there I'm, I'm sure they wouldn't have expected anything less and, and gareth i believe we all had that fixture as a, a gwent win didn't we
3: we did indeed uh, nobody quite got it to the uh, the amount that gwent would win by but we all thought they'd win it there we go then
1: so only one bob on prediction from the from the weekend then from your expert analyst team here at first and 15 um <laughs> We shall endeavour to do better in the future.
0: We won't promise anything there. I
3: will. I will say though, Lewis and Home Alone both got 15 out of the 17 results correct in terms of who'd win. So,
0: and th- one of those was a tie as well. So,
3: yeah, exactly. So, two of us at least can hold our heads high.
1: <laughs> dare i ask gareth how did you and me do
3: um i got 14 you got 13 but i'm i'm not taking any props for this week after predicting the flash would come fifth in the division because that's clearly a mile off
0: yeah
4: absolutely that's what you get for trying to be controversial yep somebody's got to though <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah did we put the controversial one in charge of hosting now
1: yeah <laughs> I thought, well, I always thought I was quite calm there. You were. Yeah, yeah, and 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 now you're the host. Well, well, I can continue to be controversial if you like. I can just, you know, make things up um, as I go along. (laughs) (laughs) As if I've planned any of what I've said anyway. Cool. Uh, Bold predictions then. So mine was two teams will not score a point all weekend. uh, And I have failed that miserably. Um, In fact, I think everybody scored a point over the weekend. Yeah, so. I shall get back in my box, Gareth. Remind me what yours was.
3: Mine is that Jay Ballamy will lead the nation in touchdown passes. And and how did you connect. do with that?
4: This is room temperature w- water of a <laughs> uh, of a prediction. Considering we were the only division that uh, that actually played this weekend.
1: Yeah, That's... I mean, look in terms of in terms of actually looking at fixtures that. Could have been different. I would. Thought, I would have thought Liam from um, from Gwent would have had a shot at that as well because he had yeah. two of the same fixtures that I did, and then Exeter is his, his other one, and I had Cardiff. So um, yeah, I, I thought I thought that would have been tighter. To be honest,
4: you're a, you're ahead by five passing touchdowns. Liam was second with fifteen on the day. Ash has got eleven, and I've got ten.
1: Well, look, listeners, I, I welcome you into the peak of my flag career.
4: Um, <laughs> it's all downhill, uh, downhill now. <laughs> it's all downhill now.
1: Um, you know, it's been a, it's been a good run for these last week, um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what comes. So, well done, Gareth. You did get your uh, your prediction right. Home alone. Remind me what yours was.
0: Is was that every team was going to score a defensive point? Um, I don't think it happened, um, but I know there was a lot of defensive scores this no. week.
4: I don't think you know, we scored
0: defensively. Kings didn't either.
4: As Just as much as Jake down. did
1: try to, and uh, I'm sure there's <laughs> some film of him somewhere. in Lewis, you'll know what I'm referring to. He got down in about onto the five of, uh, of 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 Cardiff, and then ran over the QB as if he sort of wasn't sure what to do with his own body because he would never oh, had the football in his hands.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know so, what you uh, I don't know what you count uh, safety as when it's on offense. So I, I don't know if that would be a defensive score or not. What? What?
4: Oh. <laughs>
3: In our game we had a safety that wasn't a sack
1: How
3: did that
4: work? Oh, what? oh! Did, did, the, did the snap go directly out the back of the end no, zone or something? No, it
3: was, it was thrown by our quarterback deep, deep shot downfield It was intercepted by their defensive back Who was then chased 15 or so yards into the end zone and flagged No oh way! God.
1: Wow. Which team was that?
3: Uh, that was against Waveney. Of course it was. Wow.
1: I don't know. You're right. I don't know if that's I've,
3: a defensive score I've or not. I've never known it to happen before. Well,
4: you're. It. I mean, you have the Oracle uh, on your team, Gareth, so why don't you ask Neil Henderson to go back into the archives and see whether he can <laughs> dig out any memories of anything like that ever happening.
1: Yeah. In 1912, <laughs> the state of Kansas... <laughs> Yeah, you just know that there'll be some sort of stat you will come up with from from deep,
0: dark Scotland yeah. somewhere,
4: won't he? Yeah. That sure. man
0: needs no motivation from this <laughs> podcast. And...
4: Neil's going to oh, Neil's gonna turn up at some tournament somewhere, isn't he? And, oh, man, and there's me thinking, I don't have to play Neil Henderson this year, la-la-la-la-la-la, and he's going to turn up to like the first and 15 tournament in Coventry, or he's just going to randomly pop up in Big Bowl or something and just be like, hello, I'm here to terrorise you. <laughs> You think I've, just come, I've just come me. to the
1: realisation that he will spank me every year I exist.
0: And then his children will come along and do
1: exactly the same. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Anyway, moving on from that. So Home Alone, you didn't get yours right. And then Lewis, what was yours?
4: Uh, mine was that Andy Gibbony was going to get no less than three sack safeties. Uh, and whilst he leads the division, um, and if you want the nation, Uh, in sacks with six, uh, he did only get one safety, fair enough. Then,
1: so I mean, three is quite a lot when you think about it because that's not a lot of opportunities to do it, is it?
4: Well, Um, I mean, look, just looking at, um, I remember justifying it by saying, I mean, I was going bold here, guys, uh, unlike some of us, Um, yeah, but uh, they were they were up, I think I justified it by saying they were up. He's a very good. Uh, Blitzer as we know and they were going up against uh, some um, inexperienced uh, opposition so I, w- I was thinking three, three safety, three sack safeties against, um, I was hoping it wasn't going to be against me so against Salisbury City and Solent I don't know but hey that's what ball predictions is all about absolutely be bold, be wrong. For, the f-
1: for the fun of the show <laughs> and,
4: and he nearly fun- got that. he got one out of three yeah, one out of three is not
1: bad, but uh, yeah. No, we're all, well, I said, we we're all failures. Gareth got his oh. lukewarm prediction right. Um, <laughs> uh, and I've done him proud.
3: There is no other time in flag football history where predicting Jay Bellamy will lead the nation in touchdown passes would have been a lukewarm
4: prediction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it almost also makes a... it sound like it's a shoe in doesn't it? <laughs> It's also a good point, good time to point out that I think only one, two, three, four, four or five teams um, have actually uploaded their stats onto League Republic. So um, put your stats on, people.
1: Yeah, good shout. And then finally, then, in terms of predictions, Chichester Challenge. uh, (laughs) Gareth, I requested that should you play for Sharksby, Mm -hmm. which you did, uh, you would throw a touchdown pass. Gareth, did you throw a touchdown pass?
3: I did not. As, as, oh, I, as I said disappointing. On the podcast, I was there purely as an extra body. I had five plays on offense that totaled two drops, and that was my <laughs> offensive output for the
0: day. Work up feeling dangerous then.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
1: Uh, you can't, Listeners, you can't see me right now, but I'm hanging my head in shame because what an oh, opportunity this man oh. had in his hands to uh, to go down in history, realistically. <laughs> you would essentially be, you know, sort of third or fourth on the Chichester Sharks all-time passing uh, touchdowns <laughs> list. You know, obviously Neil Henderson's is probably right at the top. I would imagine Shorty's probably got one or two. You wouldn't be far off there. Corey's, so, uh... Corey's
3: thrown a few. Bruno's thrown a few. Of course, yeah. Neil, Neil's thrown 800-plus, so there's a bit <laughs> of a gap, but... <laughs>
1: That's a chart we all need to see. Um, no, Gareth, I'm disappointed. I have to say, I had your back on your bold prediction. I, I feel like you should have mine.
3: I didn't want to risk ruining my bold prediction by outscoring you, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: the perfect, perfect way to end in terms of uh, our predictions then. So, Gareth, I'll, I'll come across you and, and you're going to run us through the tables.
3: Sure, so um, in the SEC, uh, that's going to be topped by Bucks Wolves, Flash in second, Sharksby in third, The Devils, surprisingly, in fourth, uh, Renegades in fifth, and Waveney Wolves bringing up the rear in sixth. Um, And in the SEC, you've got Canesham Kings leading the way, Gwent Gators in second, Falcons in third, Hammerheads fourth, Coyotes in fifth, Red Storm in sixth, and the Marauders are in seventh.
0: There we go then.
1: So that brings to an end a, a fantastic game day one in the southern region. Uh, on our next show, I believe we'll be predicting some premiership results as well, because we'll have those for, for game day two, because it'll be their game day one. So uh, we look forward to bringing you that in a few weeks time. We're still looking for volunteers from the premiership. Uh, let me get this right. Is it the East, yeah.
4: Lewis? Yeah. 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 East. The premiership. yeah, we need a Southeast Premiership uh, representative, please.
1: Yeah. So if you're if you like a chat and you think you're funnier than us, which must be about seventy percent of the nation at this point, <laughs> um, please get in touch and uh, and come and have a come and have a rant with us about your division. Uh, but with that, then I will uh, close game day one. Uh, I've been Jay Ballamy, joined by Lewis Phillips, Gareth Price, Home Alone, and special guest Brian Tabor. Until next time.
0: That wraps up this episode. Find us on Facebook at First and Fifteen Podcast. Give us a like to keep up with all our shows. Also, check out our sponsor, Nuola, for all your customized sportswear supplies.